0: Hey, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm Jake Javarelli, your host today, along with my co-host, ironically, John,
1: uh, Blockchain John. How's it going, Blockchain John? How you doing? All oh, good, man. California weather is fantastic. Loving it, loving it, loving it every single day, man. It's great. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's supposed
0: to rain today, and then the rain moved off to Monday. Not, not like I'm disappointed, but right. we'll have yeah. to see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if anyone wonders, I'm starting this show off differently. So we're going to move on to the normal show as it goes. I'm just still re- relearning, so we'll see how it goes. Bear with me as we get into the top 10 coins of the day. Let's go to the main show here. Yeah, that's right. All right, so starting with Bitcoin at uh, the number one spot, as it has been as long as I've known crypto to exist. <laughs> at currently, i let me do a refresh real quick. So I did it few seconds ago. All right, we're up again. Woohoo! 46417 $46,417.19, currently valued a 10% seven-day gain in a market cap of nearing in on $900 billion, 881.7. Bitcoin just jumped up in the last uh, hour, actually. So in second position is Ethereum at uh, 32.7599 and a seven day gain of 11.2%, about the same as Bitcoin. It has also jumped up about 2% in the last hour and a market cap of 393.5 billion dollars. Tether, a stable coin, is in third position, currently at uh, 81.2 billion dollars. And of course it's at about a dollar right now, which it almost always is. Uh, Binance is currently in fourth position at 426.14 dollars, 6.7% 6.7% seven day gain and a $71.4 billion market cap. USD coin is currently in fifth position. It is also a stable coin, so it doesn't change much. And it is currently a market cap of $51.9 billion. It's a little bit uh, fluctuating there, but there's a lot of trade going on, as you can probably tell, with that spike at the very tail end of pretty much every coin. XRP or Ripple is currently in sixth position at $0.85. Cents and a 4% seven day gain and a $40.9 billion market cap. Cardano is currently in 7% and is gaining in leaps and bounds, currently at $1.16 and a 28.9% seven day gain with a $37.1 billion market cap. Solana is in eighth position at 105.23, a 13.9%, second highest seven day gain after Cardano and a $34.1 billion market cap. They're getting their neck and neck. Terra is not that far behind though, in ninth position at uh, uh, .4% gain in the last seven days, $92.49 and a market cap of $32.9 billion. And then rounding out the 10th position is Polkadot at 21.92, and a 13.3% gain and a $24.0 billion market cap. And as I've said quite often in the past, the, last, the next five coins, which do tend to change positions a lot, and you've probably been watching Dogecoin, Avalanche is in 11th, Doge is in 12th, Binance USD, a stable coin, is in 13th, Terra USD is another stable coin in 14th, and Shiba Inu rounds out the top 15 and 15th position. Everything's gaining quite a bit, in particular Dogecoin. Dogecoin is currently up 16% uh, to almost $20 billion market gap. It's really doing well, so... I'm, I'm rather impressed. Um, all right, so our total market cap is over $2 trillion at $2.1 trillion in 3.7% 24 hour gain. That is very That's, high. It's amazing. And then if you wanna click over on your, um not portfolio, pardon me. I'm gonna to go to the uh, candies, collect your candies. Uh, make sure, I'm not logged in right now so I can't show you how much candies I have, but uh, Collect your candies, get your rewards, get your NFTs when they when they bring them out. I highly recommend that you do this. Um, John, just out of curiosity, yeah. I know we're technically doing this live, but um, Twitch seems to say be right back. Is that is that normal? Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just uh, it's okay. Right. I don't know if that was what was supposed to happen. All right. Um, so yeah, get your candies if you can. Um, I know I'm somewhere around 13,000 13, candies right now. I've been doing this for a while. So, Bitcoin dominance, we haven't talked about that every single time, but Bitcoin dominance is currently above 40%, 40.6%. And ETH is also up, but not quite to 20%, at 18.1%. And I know they also mentioned that gas is at 123%. Honestly, ETH gas prices have been down quite a bit lately. It's just smart contracts that are paying the butt. So, <laughs> continuing on to the news of the day, we've been using Crypto Potato for our news. And uh, just so you know, these guys are not in the United States. Uh, At least most of them don't tend to be in the United States. So sometimes the news is from uh, Europe, that's fine. They still write cool news and we appreciate them allowing us to read their news on our show. Um, Just before I make this commentary though, I would like to uh, thank anyone who is watching us on YouTube. Thank you for watching us both on YouTube and or listening to us on Anchor or any other place you get your podcasting information. Um, we would appreciate a like if you can do that wherever you are, and you can always subscribe to us. Get our get the content every Wednesday and Sunday by hitting that notification bell. Uh, you can check us out on Discord. We welcome everyone to communicate with us there. Lots of people on the Discord channel on a regular basis. Uh, you can also uh, su- support us on Patreon or through various coin types like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, BAT, and Raven Coin. Uh, thank you all. For listening, and let's get on to the news. Um, it's being a Sunday. There's not a whole lot of news. It doesn't tend to be a lot of weekend news unless something crazy happens. Um, but the first news I'd like to go. Would you like to hit the Nelson Mandela one, or do you want me to do it, John?
1: Yeah, I'll take it. That's fine. Okay. okay so this one's uh, written by Jordan Liech. Nelson Mandela. Uh, Mandela's original arrest warrant sold for 130,000 as NFT. Non-fungible tokens continue to be used for some humanitarian reasons, and the latest example came from South Africa. A digital collection of Nelson Mandela's original arrest warrant from over a half century ago was sold for more than $130,000 to fund a heritage site. Prior to becoming South Africa's first black president, Nelson Mandela was a part of a political organization, uh, the Africa, African National Congress, ANC, in which he became a leader of the Johannesburg Youth, uh, Youth Division and later Deputy National President. The party's goal was to fight against the supremi- supremacy and racial segregation. However, Nelson helped organize a paramilitary branch of the ANC. ANC rat- Daar- Glaze- to engage in guerrilla warfare after a massacre of black uh, demonstrators in 1960. Hmm. <sighs> he was first arrested for treason in 1961 before he was released and imprisoned again in 1962 for leaving the country without a permanent, uh, right. without a permit and for inciting workers to strike. He spent nearly 30 years of his life in prison and was released on February 11, 1990. Fast forwarding to March 2022 and his legacy continues in a digitized form. A report from Bloomberg informed that his original arrest warrant was sold as an non fungible token at an auction for 1.9 million rands, approximately 130,000 dollars, to help fund a heritage site that shows the country's struggle for democracy. The uh, L- 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 Lily's Leith Museum heritage site will receive the proceeds as it has also held the original document since 2004. The auction was carried out uh, on an NFT marketplace uh mo- moment and its ceo said that the funds will help the museum's site stay afloat quote they have been badly affected by the lack of tourism due to COVID, so this is a way to revitalize the flow and keep history alive he added when it comes down to fighting for freedom raising proceeds for, for humanitarian reasons and nfts it's worth mentioning ukraine's recent actions <clears throat> upon invading by russia and its special military operations, the former Soviet state turned to unexpected measures to raise funds, including receiving over $100 million in crypto donations. More recently, the country's leader decided to depict the ongoing war as non-fungible tokens. They launched an NFT museum with the most memorable events of the conflict, which aims to become a place to celebrate the Ukrainian identity and freedom. The museum will collect donations to help locals overcome these difficult times. There you go, yeah, boom.
0: Kind of a weird right. thing. I I get it that they're trying to to support the museum. I think that's a noble cause, but it just seemed kind of weird to sell the arrest warrant. I mean, maybe it's because people like, you know, this is this is a historical thing, and it's it's a uh, it needs to be remembered. If that's the reason, I understand. I just think it's a little awkward to <laughs> to sell something like that. So, is that okay? You did get rid of it good. Um, what are your th- thoughts on the arrest warrant sale?
1: uh just making a little extra money off of something, you know. Nelson Mandela is a good, is an interesting name. A yeah, fun fact. Uh, th- th- this is actually <laughs> quite interesting. There's an an image hard ingrained into the UTXO of the Bitcoin blockchain. One of the early blocks, somebody discovered it back in the days. You can you can insert images mm-hmm. or text, and there's an image of Nelson Mandela on uh, on, on, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, it just make it, it it it's a name. He's a brand. Uh, it is what it is. People just try to make money out of it. Yeah, I guess so. Continuing on with other news,
0: it's official. Uh, the EU says no to provisions restricting Bitcoin. This is from author George Georgiev on Crypto Potato. There's been a lot of discussion surrounding EU's proposed MICA, or MICA or miscellaneous, I don't know what they mean about that? especially the text that was aimed at outlawing proof-of-work cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Now the law is moving forward, but without these clauses. The European Union's Proposed Market for Crypto Assets, or MICA, regulatory package, has decided not to advance the controversial position targeted at limiting the use of -of proof-of-work cryptocurrencies due to the energy consumption concerns. Before moving to this trilogue, uh, negotiations between the Parliament uh, Council and Commission, the EU lawmakers were trying to reach a consensus in terms of better regulating the crypto space. The current draft of the MICA does not include the provision to ban Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin operating on the proof-of-work protocol. Stefan Berger, the German lawmaker leading the MIC regulation, tweeted on Friday that his proposed mandate of not including POW ban is—that's proof-of-work—is um, not challenged, and the EU has shown innovative strength. The deadline for the challenge, the mandate ended midnight. On Thursday, Berger added, and the MICA trilogue will begin next week. Non-fungible tokens and decentralized finance and other subjects discussed by Parliament, the question lies in if they should be included in the MICA package and when the EU institutions should be responsible for overseeing the crypto space. On March 14th, the European Parliament said no to including explicit language that is for pr- banning proof-of-work cryptocurrencies and a 30 to 23 vote, <clears throat> pardon me. Those who lost needed a one-tenth, or needed one-tenth of the votes among MPs um, to vote a fast-track procedure for the MICA through the trilogues for reviving the proof-of-work ban. As reported previously by CryptoPotato, Europe comp- comprises about 12 to 14% of the total Bitcoin mining hash power Pardon me. Hold a second. Uh, according to August 2021 figures from Cri- uh, Cambridge University, Ireland and Germany have the lion's share of that total, so global hash rates are unlikely to be impacted. Thankfully. I'm glad that you saw that POW is actually not bad.
1: Finally, at least one person, right? Well, one well, person yeah, one there. group One group of yeah. Of own people. Own but own it's group,
0: also it's yeah. it's it's it sounds like it's kind of like getting something under the wire, like they barely manage to recover and say, look, there's a, a proof of why you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I keep right. thinking it makes me it makes me wonder if they comprehend what they're doing. And I realize the older I get, the more I think government is a bunch of idiots. And that I should get in it and make them not stupid. But I think that's probably what previous generation Mm -hmm. thought, too. They're like, oh, these guys are a bunch of fools. I need to get in there and help them not be fools. And then what happened? They became fools. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I never become that dumb. Mm
1: -mm. So, continuing on with the Germans. (laughs) Yep. Nearly 50% of Germans are ready to invest in crypto. This is a report from Jose Oramas. Have we done a report from Jose Ramos or is this a, this a new guy? I don't think I've seen Jose's uh, on here, but I'm glad yeah. to see someone else's writing. All right, Jose Oramas. Uh Almost half of the German population is motivated to invest in cryptocurrency as revealed by Digital Asset Exchange Q Coins into the Cryptoverse 2022 report. Uh, According to the report, 44% of Germans are somewhat motivated to invest in cryptocurrencies to be part of the future of finance. 35% of them would do it for the opportunity of earnings, passive incomes, and 30% consider crypto to be a a reliable store of value. Some also hope to achieve financial independence. On another note, some 60% of the country's population that's aged between 18 and 60 years have already invested in crypto or have been trading in the past six months. From those who have expressed interest in cryptocurrencies, 77% are researching in hopes of uh, finding pot- potential assets to invest in. 31% of the same group plans to start lending cryptocurrencies. Further data indicates a growing interest in digital assets among the growing fem- uh, the, among the German female population. In fact, women account for about 53% of the crypto curious, said the report, while 69% of the crypto uh, of crypto investors are men. Although the landscape is mostly composed of men, women are getting more involved in the space as digital assets hit the mainstream. As Crypto Potato reported, a third of American women are planning to invest in crypto by the end of the year, while 60% said they intend to buy in the next three months, according to BlockFi's study. Johnny Liu, CEO of Qcoin, said in a recent interview that that the report clearly, clearly highlights the growing demand for crypto assets among the German population. This comes despite the fact that the country's government hasn't established a well-rounded regulatory framework for decentralized sectors. Quote, Cryptocurrencies are very popular among the supporters of the accumulation strategy, especially among the younger generations. They prefer to save for retirement on their own and diversify their savings through the use of cryptocurrencies, reads the paper. The German government... Uh, government was however the first one to recognize bitcoin as a financial instrument but they have had only some success in regulating crypto said liu the high demand for such assets in germany led the swiss fintech firm leontech to expand its crypto services and uh, services there and in uh, austria by partnering with icf bank ag providing digital asset offerings to institutions and private clients Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's... Uh, well, I mean, I think that's a transition. Go not transition. This is noticing this here in the states too that there's more women getting involved in crypto, which is a great thing. I I, I want to see that continuously grow. We need more diversity. More. We, we we need to bring them on board for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. But it's also interesting to see how KuCoin is making note of the fact that Germans. When I think, um. High tech and people who are interested in the environment and and just in generally forward thinking in the world. I think Germany Um, I know you know wasn't Wasn't quite a hundred years ago that that kind of thinking got the Germans to try to attack the world (laughs) but um, I Don't honestly think it was fully the Germans idea. I think it was more like just leadership's idea kind of like what Putin's doing in Russia Um, yeah, but um, the the idea of seeing people interested in crypto in other countries is always encouraging, especially about some of the other articles we'll be reading today. So, with that segue in mind, <clears throat> another article from Jose Aramas: South Korea, Britain, Bulgaria to join forces to combat crypto tax dodgers. South Korea's National Tax Agency Chairman Kim Deji, Deji, sorry, Deji held a meeting this week with tax executives from Bulgaria and Britain to discuss the rise of tax dodging schemes through the use of digital assets. As per the report from the local news outlet, the National Tax Agency plans to further cooperate with Bulgaria and Britain to track down individuals who use new financial products, such as cryptocurrencies, to dodge taxes primarily through offshore schemes. Deji held the meeting last week in her majesty's revenue and customs commission chief executive jim hara and with her majesty's revenue person and two days later with bulgaria's national revenue agency director general Ruman spetsov the discussions centered on the idea of sharing accurate and precise income information from individuals suspected of tax evasion crypto tax laws in south korea are an important tax uh, topic not just <laughs> In the local crypto community, as the country has a stiff, closely monetary, monitored regulatory system for digital assets. They are not just recognized as legal tender by local authorities, but ownership and trading are allowed. Mm. However, South Korea is expected to become a crypto hub soon, as the country's new president, Yoon Suk-yeol, has expressed his pro-crypto stance and his ideas for a better regulatory system. Among them is increased the minimum threshold for paying capital gains tax on profits through digital assets and allowing initial coin offerings or ICOs. Not long ago, South Korea's Ministry of ICT, Science and Future Planning revealed plans to invest 187 million US dollars in a national metaverse platform, mostly used to bolster digital content and corporate growth nationwide. I'm not sure this says anything more than what typically happens, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm guessing the reason that South Korea, Britain, and Bulgaria are joining forces on this is that they have a lot of trade between the three of them. And so they're probably thinking, well, you know, we don't want people to get away with illegal act- actions. I think if they're really uh, c- not concerned about it, but really thinking about it, honestly, they, they would say crypto isn't the problem. It's people that, how do I put it? <clears throat> Uh, in the U.S. and in other countries, we look at well, how do you save money? Well, you make it look like you do business in a different country, right? Uh, Apple and mm-hmm. Google both have a large divisions in Europe that are based in, in Ireland because it's so cheap to, um, you know, but the taxes in Ireland are so low. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're based in Ireland. We do all our business in Ireland and, you know, France and the Netherlands and Germany are like no you sold X number of dollars or you know whatever a local euro, euro currency is here in our country you need to pay our taxes they're like no 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 we're based in Ireland no we're based in Ireland yeah we, we do everything in Ireland and they're like no no it's not how it works so I get it it's it's a natural tendency to not want to have to pay high taxes uh, that's one of the reasons California' is losing a lot of businesses too is we have the highest yeah. taxes in the US particularly not just with, you know, personal taxes, but with business taxes. It's ridiculous. And, you know, what I've heard is it's going to go higher. But the point is digital assets shouldn't be a way to escape it. And if people look at digital assets, let's negate Monero just for a moment because it's hard to track Monero. Um, but if we treat digital assets the way we treat stocks, I don't think they're going to have a problem. Yes, there's going to be people who are going to try to tax tax. Dodge taxes. Every there are always those people. They're called criminals. <laughs> but um it is I think that the way that we've been doing it now since I was twenty sixteen or twenty eighteen and when the US changed the rules on stocks and I'm rather crypto to say if it's not a, a stable coin, it, it's basically a stock. So I think just stick with that. That's fine.
1: Yeah. So all right. So Bank of England, here. Bank of England taps MIT to research CBDC pros and cons uh, after this was written by Jordan Lyonchev. After bashing the cryptocurrency industry for years. The Bank of England has decided to go down the central bank digital currency path by collaborating with MIT. Thus England central bank has become the second such institution to partner with the prominent university on the matter. The announcement shared earlier this week informed that the two entities began their collaboration on whether the banking institution should develop and launch a CBDC back in February this year. The Massachusetts institution, uh, Institute of Technology Digital Currency Initiative ooh, that's a long one, agreed on the 12-month research project to determine the pros and cons of digitizing the pound. More specifically, the team will look into the potential te- technical challenges trade-offs, opportunities, and risk involving, um, involved in designing a CBDC system. It's worth noting, though, that this research doesn't necessarily mean that the BOE will launch a CBDC. Quote, This work uh, is focused on ex- exploratory technology research and is not intended to develop an operational CBDC. No decision has been made on whether to introduce a CBDC in the UK, which would be a major national infrastructure project. Reads the statement. The Bank of England and its governor, Andrew Bailey, has, uh, have been among the most vocal critics of the crypto industry, claiming that people should be prepared to lose all of their money if they invest in Bitcoin. However, the institution has not yet been big on CBDC, unlike many other central banks that have displayed a significant re- 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 resent- resentment towards BTC. The BOE is not the first major central bank to cooperate with the giant university. CryptoPotato reported earlier this month that the Bank of Canada also tapped MIT's digital arm to conduct research on its own potential CBDC. The pro- this process will work in a similar manner, as it should take one year. Also, both parties want to determine if digitizing the Canadian dollar is a suitable move for the Bank of Canada. There you go. I mean, it's, it's inevitable, man. I've been saying this since... I want to say 2014, 2015. I didn't. CBDCs weren't a thing back then. But I told everybody that these banks—they're going to start working with crypto. You now they're coming out with CBDCs. Every yeah. country in the world is going to do it. And everyone's like, "You're crazy, man. No one's going to take that. That's criminal money, man. That's drug money. That's yep. that's you're 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 your funding terrorist money." It's like, no, nah, man. People are going to adopt this technology. Man, blockchain technology is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's thing that I wish people—and they won't see it. The,
0: the common man just uh, doesn't get it, and it's fine. You know, when you're into something, like I'm not in, I'm not super into fashion, and so when something big in fashion comes out, I am shocked by it, because I wasn't paying attention. Same thing goes for people who are not paying attention to crypto. Like, oh my gosh, what I heard about crypto in 2014 was what I was t- continuing to believe about crypto for the last eight years, because they weren't paying attention to it. And so if they thought that because of Silk Road, I think it was what, 2012, um, was the last oh, yeah. thing that happened about crypto and the last thing they knew about crypto, they probably still think a decade later that crypto is evil and it's only for criminals. And yet 10 years of, of development have changed in that time. And now it's not, not that it ever was, but it's completely different. Millions of people are using it, more like billions. And it never was a bad thing. But what, I, what I'm getting at is that a lot of people only see the monetary aspect. That's because that's what the news talks about, because the news loves money, and they, anyways, and shock value, um, and even though we are technically doing news, we are not about shock value. Um, the thing that I'd love to see more people understand or get, get their minds wrapped around is how blockchain can be used for more than just the value of money. Yes, it can be used for that. Exactly. Lots of things can. But the thing that I keep thinking of uh, for blockchain more than just And yeah, pre your your ask of an example is um, database storage of of things like we talked about Filecoin, not Filecoin explicitly, but Filecoin is an example. Storing files on uh, blockchain for basically infinite retention, Um, uh, encryption of those files so that you can store as much as you need to on that in that space that is shared by the world and that is basically retained indefinitely. One of the things that I would I would like to see is every manual for every technical device that physically exists or ever existed put on blockchain. That this way this is
1: what I would like to see happen. The, manuals, so, the sooner what, the manuals later, would just
0: see... be forever. You never have to go, where is that manual for that computer I built in 1972? Exactly. Oh, it's still exactly. on the blockchain. Yeah. You can still get access to it. You don't have to pay some stupid yeah. manualowl.com website for access. It's just there. Yeah.
1: So that's what my book is still on the blockchain, right? I'm my it, book. <laughs> you could do it. Let's, let's, let's so talk about from the books. The
0: books, if you put every book okay. that ever existed on, I mean, I'm not talking about people who didn't ask to have their books put on blockchain. I'm saying everybody who attaches a book to a blockchain will that, as long as that blockchain exists, the book will exist. And I think that's mm-hmm. brilliant. So that, those are just two simple. examples. What were you going to say? I'm sorry.
1: Oh, um, what I want to see sooner than later is to have um data stored on blockchain it's 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 it's, there's pros and cons to that too but i see that there's more pros to that and properly encrypt people's data say for example let's just play something out your vacation you're on vacation you go to uh, england for example and you're touring around you end up in a vehicle collection a vehicle accident which end up sending you to the hospital. Unbeknownst to the doctor, you actually have a few um, allergies to certain types of medication which you're about to receive. Right. The doctor does not know this. Yep. The doctor ca- cannot tap into your medical records because you're from the states. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. But it, and on top of that, it would probably take so long to get that data transferred. You over could die before you. To, yeah. <laughs> right. To receive that data. Yep. But if it was on the blockchain, they could instantly tap into that and. It's a fraction of the price in comparison to what it would take
0: Yeah, You can even possibly get that information directly from you rather than having to go through the third party that the current medical system has to go through. The reason that there's not a whole lot of communication between American medical records and British uh, medical records is because they're associated with some centralized company that they may not even know exists. In fact, if you're unconscious, you wouldn't be able to tell them. But... I'm not saying this. This is what's going to happen. Let's say the blockchain was locked with your fingerprint, and you happen to not lose your fingers in your accident, um, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> which most people don't. Just as a normal statement, you, they use your fingerprint to get in, and bam, there's all your, you know, your records. You weren't even you didn't have to be conscious, so <clears throat> you can still see your records, still know what you need before they give you that life-saving or life taking medicine so yeah it's there's a lot of things that would be useful because it's it, it's crypto is borderless and it's also you know without having to worry about a company like like another example which is a, an offshoot and we don't have to keep talking about this forever but <clears throat> my brother worked for a company that used a really old version of oracle uh database really really old and uh, they just so happened when they changed companies or changed uh, company structures, they lost the guy who knew how to do that work. Well, when they went to Oracle and said, hey, we need to get this fixed, it was like, sorry, we don't support that anymore. Well, if all that information had been stored on the blockchain, it wouldn't have mattered. They could have gotten into that information without having to worry about whether or not Oracle had it anymore or the people who, they origi- who originally worked for the company had it anymore. They could have found it
1: on the blockchain. So. Jake, but Jake, I'm really scared. What, what if there's a fork in the blockchain? Is my data gonna stay on the old chain? What's gonna to happen to that? That's a
0: good point. Obviously, it's up to the individual blockchain maintainers. But I mean, a lot of blockchains, particularly when people have a huge investment, like, and we still have ETH Classic, right? Right. When ETH shifted and, and forked, it became the new the ETH we know today, at least right now. If you're listening to this before June what 13th, 2022, you're you're on ETH the current version of ETH, but it, but yes, there is information stored on ETH Classic, and that still exists, so, mm-hmm. but usually when uh, a, a fork happens, that new fork takes on the old data, so, and if they don't, you better find, you better know why, <laughs> I have to admit, there is a, a bit of a dissociation when it comes to that, so. All right, continuing on, we have um, more international news. From China and Coinbase to monitor crypto transfers for users in Singapore, Japan, and Canada. Is this Big Brother? I don't know. Let's find out. Certain users will have to provide additional information when sending cryptocurrencies, said the exchange giant Coinbase. In a bid to comply with local regulations, customers in Canada, Japan, and Singapore sending digital assets to other financial institution or exchange will be required to disclose specific information such as name address my name and address the official blog post stated quote if you're located in Canada Singapore or Japan and are sending digital assets outside of Coinbase you will need to provide information about the type of wallet you're sending assets to and the information about the recipient depending on the country coinbase users uh, coinbase revealed that the changes for Japan and Singapore will come into effect starting April 1st. No joke. Citing regulations established by Monetary Authority of Singapore, MAS, the crypto exchange said it is required to acquire, that's funny to say, required to acquire additional data for all transactions where a Singaporean user sends crypto from their Coinbase exchange wallet to an outside address. It requires the recipient's name and country of residence. So this is the tracking thing that's going on with crypto now with centralized exchanges. Similarly, all crypto transfers to recipients outside of Japan must provide name, address, as well as destination wallet of the latter. This is in line with the self-regulatory rules formed by Japan Cryptocurrency Trading Association or the JVCEA. Coinbase also said it legally requires the name and address of a recipient for Canadian users sending more than Canadian $1,000, or you know, $1,000 value of Canadian dollars, or roughly 800 U.S. dollars, in crypto to a financial ent- entity or other money service. Users sending less than the stated amount will be exempted from this new requirement, referring to C- Canada's FinTrack rules for reasons for the change. Coinbase said that the changes will take effect starting April 4th, not the first, not a foolish action. Citing investor protection, several countries have imposed stricter laws in place of and curtailed privacy to slow the growth of the crypto ecosystem. The latest development did not sit well with many Coinbase customers who received the request. Bankless co-host Ryan uh, Sean Adams Criticized the move and tweeted, quote, So it begins. Next on the menu, disabling withdrawals to crypto wallets? The Canadian government wants to trap crypto in their financial panopticon. Go bankless while you can, end quote. Yes, he's right. I'm glad that they added that at the very end. You need to stop using centralized exchanges if you want your money to not be tracked. Now, to some degree there is still tracking. Once somebody figured out that you own a particular address, they're gonna know that you have that money. But if you don't want these people to tell you where you're sending money, or tell them where you're sending money, like the tracking that they're doing, you need to stop using Coinbase. Don't store your money in Coinbase. I mean, I'm no longer saying, what's, it, what's the word? Um, not financial advice. Yes, this is sort of financial advice. But um, it's really for your benefit. If you feel like you have nothing to hide, okay, use Coinbase and do what they tell you. But uh, if you want the freedom to do what you want to do and don't think that they need to know or that your government needs to know, you need to stop using Coinbase. There's plenty of other options out there besides uh, Coinbase. It sounds like we lost John. When you can come back, John, let us know. (laughs) Still there, man? John, hello. I can't hear you. If you if you're still on, I can hear you. <clears throat> well, we'll give it a second here. I don't wanna I don't wanna lose John since he's still reading. How about now, John? Can you hear me? Ah, cause I cause I can't hear you, so I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try logging out of my of uh, my uh really quick here to see if maybe that's the problem. Pull this up. Oops, that is not something I wanted to show. Thank goodness, there are no uh, keys on there. <laughs> All right, I'll log out, log back in here. Give me a second. Can you hear me now, John? Nope. All right, we're playing this game. <laughs> it's to jump in and out of Discord because it never works. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah, well, I'm going to continue on reading as I can't seem to get John on here, but I'm sure he'll pop back in when he's ready. Continuing on with George Georgiev's $2.3 million cash-to-Bitcoin money laundering scheme busted in New York. A man in New York has been charged with running a cash-to-Bitcoin money laundering scheme in New York. That's, well, yeah, same thing I just said. Among other things, the case shows the negative bias of law enforcement to crypto. According to the recent Bloomberg report, 42-year-old man Thomas Speaker was indicted for allegedly running a cash-to-Bitcoin money laundering operation in New York. The man was supposedly bragging openly on social media about his doings, convincingly his or convincing his clients publicly that they should stay off the radar. Speaker has been searching on Google for various means to launder money through Bitcoin while also bragging to his friends that his customers include people who run credit card scams, and one of them was a ketamine dealer. Uh, yeah, ketamine, rather. Speaker clients uh, were also charged with a range of crimes, including an operation of an illegal drug marketplace on the dark web. Alvin Bragg, great name, uh, Yeah, Manhattan district attorney, said in a statement that the case shows us how new technologies like cryptocurrency can become key drivers of a wide range of criminal activity that can easily span across the globe. Quote, as alleged, uh, this sprawling web of international money laundering helps drug traffickers and organized crime ring uh, and scammers hide their criminal activity and transmit their proceeds across the globe. While it's an undeniable fact that Bitcoin, amongst other cryptocurrencies, can be used for illicit activities, the above statement of of DA Bragg seems to be a bit far-fetched first of all the entire operation was reportedly 2.3 million dollars which albeit a lot money for a ordinary person, doesn't abode, doesn't bode as a massive sum for the criminal world speaking of money laundering let's step take a step back and perhaps see how functional financial institutions have repeatedly proven to uh, host for convicted criminals drug lord's murders and what have you a couple of years ago we reported that a document leak suggested that major banks facilitated over 2 trillion dollars in dirty money over a span of multitude of years. If that's old news, let's look at something more recent. In February this year, documents claimed that Credit Su- uh, Suisse, I'm guessing that means Swiss Credit, operated thousands of accounts belonging to alleged criminals, of course. This is yet to be proven, but the very fact that there's an ongoing investigation should raise the necessary alarms. But for sure, this sprawling web of international money laundering helped drug traffickers and organized crime ring and scammers hide their criminal activity, as if legacy institutions haven't been accused of doing this for years. And it sounds a bit like an opinion bit. And I know I do make my own opinion commentary on these things quite often uh, while reading them, since it's kind of our show. Um, I. I. Uh, <laughs> He's not wrong. A lot more money has been done illegally through regular fiat currency than crypto because the entire cryptocurrency market literally only constitutes $2.1 trillion, period. That's the entire extent of all cryptocurrency and nobody owns it all. So if $2 trillion worth of uh, money laundering had gone on with regular fiat currency in the last couple of years or let's say decade, uh, that's a much bigger amount of money. What did you say about that, John?
1: I just jumped out that last part. I apologize. Got booted out. Got rugged. Yep. You got rug pulled by your internet.
0: <laughs> yep. So yeah, the uh, this $2.3 million cash to money laundering uh, thing, which is, you know, it, I put it, it with that what $70 billion uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde idiot couple that were you know trying to launder the money that they had stolen which of course was only what no it was 70 million and it turned into five billion i think it was or four two and a half billion or something some ridiculously huge amount of money criminals aren't smart that's why they get caught so um it's it's just annoying that they even exist that they we even have to deal with kind of stuff but as uh, blockchain john learned recently um high yield investment programs are scams (laughs) and you should not invest in them ever just it's better it's it's better to just not invest than to have to worry about whether or not you're getting your money back so Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get your money back even if the scam was to actually make some money the point of a scam is to make the scammers money not you (laughs) so they always start these things up. Oh, well, it return you uh, 11% interest or 5% interest per day. Yeah. How long do I have to leave it in there? Oh, until you steal it from me? Okay, well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> hmm So just don't. Just save yourself the, the mental hassle and the trouble of losing all the money that you have in crypto and stay away from high-yield investment programs. Now, there are some things like DeFi which are not. They, there can be, but they're not all uh, those kinds of things. And so I would say... That with DeFi you can still get pretty high interest, somewhere between uh, 50 and 200% APR, uh, you know, uh, annual percentage rates. That will not stay at that high rate, but will still stay much, much, much higher than a, a rate you can get from a bank. So the only thing, the other thing with DeFi is it's not guaranteed. So in any of these cases, only play with the money you can afford to lose. Oh yeah. So, continuing on, we can go with a Rio de Janeiro's article by Jordan Linechev. Okay.
1: This is written by Jordan Lionchev. if I can get it to load up here. Give me a second.
0: Hmm. Not seeing it change on Twitch. <laughs> At least the the background music is good. (laughs) I know you can't hear it, but you know what it sounds like. So, well, would you like me to continue on with it? Yeah. yeah. So continuing on, Rio de Janeiro to accept cryptocurrency payments for taxes. This is a report from Jordan Lyonshev. Cryptocurrency adoption comes in different forms these days, but it seems that countries and cities are becoming more open to the idea of allowing certain payments to be made using such assets. Brazil's second largest city said it wants to become the first within the nation's borders to accept Bitcoin payments for taxes. Hey, pay your taxes with your illegal money! Oh wait, it's not illegal. (laughs) The report from Bloomberg Linnea outlined the Appointment to the city of Rio de Janeiro, indicating the citizens or pardon me, the residents, same thing, right, will be able to pay the IPTU or Imposto Sobre the uh, Propriedad uh, Predial e Territorial Urbana. It's <laughs> a very long uh, Portuguese word to say. Using digital assets of the next year. Municipality want, the municipality wants to work with companies specializing in converting cryptocurrencies into Brazilian real. Reads a note from city hall, meaning that locals can transfer the crypto funds. They will be or rather, once locals transfer crypto funds, they will be automatically converted into fiat. Back in January, the city's mayor introduced a working group focusing on how to accelerate the usage of cryptocurrencies to boost the local economy. Note of the City Hall outlined the creation of a Municipal c- Committee for Crypto Investments, or the CMCI, which, interestingly enough, sounds like it's in English. Nope, it's, it's not. I'm it's, sure it's, yeah, it's Brazilian, my bad. Um, which will mitigate risks and develop regulatory frameworks. The report informed, the city, informed that the city wants to enter the non-fungible token world as well. Some suggestions emerged to create NFTs with images of tourist attractions. Hey, that's like putting your, you know, famous people and and locations on your coins. Physical coins. (laughs) Brazil has been among the countries with the more open stance on the digital asset industry, greenlighting one of the first Bitcoin ETFs last year. Additionally, reports surfaced in February 2022, claiming that the Senate is preparing to vote on a crypto regulation bill. Also, a server, me, survey from September 2021, shortly after El Salvador legalized Bitcoin, concluded that nearly half of Brazilians supported the idea of adopting the primary, the primary cryptocurrency.
1: Yay, Brazil! That's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. Go Are they next thing. online? You think yes. they'll be next?
0: Another, another central South American country that's interested in, in, in adopting Bitcoin as a primary currency is awesome!
1: We need a big, a big nation like, like, like India or China to fully go out. I mean, when that happens, you think, you think it's going to be, I think it's going to
0: be, a, I think India is just as reluctant to do it as the United States is. Although I uh. think that India might do it before the United States. I think they're very reluctant. I think it's because they don't fully understand the ramifications yet. Once their government finally feels this is obvious. Yeah, it'll happen. Same thing with the U S eventually we're going to get some millennial as president. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be weird. But, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and they'll be like, yeah, I've been on Bitcoin since I was, you know, 14, you know, in 2014, <laughs> this will probably be 20 years from now. But what, but, do you, yeah.
1: what do you think about the idea of paying tax, uh, taxes with your crypto pro con what? um
0: i i'm i I don't want to some pro all right if i had 10 or 12 bitcoin yeah i'd be fine with it i don't but um it really for me comes down to the 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 factor of knowing that the value of the crypto is going to increase and decrease now if we went fully to bitcoin as the default currency yeah oh yeah i'd absolutely do it um Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet so and i i let me put it this way in terms of the way that I think the U.S. sees Bitcoin right now. The, prob- the problem is the U.S. dollar is a de facto, almost de facto currency the world over. And this is the one things that China is really pissed off at, about right now is they have to pay for gasoline or, or you know, petrol from uh, Arab Emirates in U.S. dollars. They're like, mm-hmm. why can't you buy it in, you know, yuan? why can't you use Chinese one? And they're like, sorry, uh, the U S dollar is the world currency. And China is just pissed about that. They're so angry about, it. they hate it so much. Um, and they're just like, you need to base it off of our currency. And you know, UAE is like, sorry, we picked the U S dollar. <laughs> so, um, and the U S dollar is still technically the world currency. You know, it's accepted for just about everywhere. Um, And this is what we're moving away from. And the US, people in power in the US who have their money primarily in US dollars do not want that to change until they get a good feeling about Bitcoin or some other coin that might become a universal payment method. So I I can see why people like Warren Buffett and other people in his position are uh, so negative on Bitcoin. Cause they just don't understand it and they don't want to have to understand it. So last article, Google Files. Do you wanna read that one or do you want me to read it? Uh if I can load it up,
1: let's see here. Google Files. Um Google Files, non-fungible planet. Uh, trademark application. This was written by Andrew Thor Google filed a trademark application titled Non-Fungible Planet on Monday, reminiscent of the trending non-fungible token sphere of the crypto industry. However, the application appears unrelated to such items and is focused instead on education about climate change. The filing includes the stated goal of providing information in the areas of environmental protection, conservation, energy efficiency, climate change, reducing carbon footprints, environmental issues, and sustainability efforts. In terms of its methods, the project we will use entertainment services, namely providing non non-downloadable playbacks of curated video playlists via the internet and other communications network. Something that is fungible can be easily replaced or interchanged with another identical item. For instance, a unit of currency such as Bitcoin can be considered fungible since one Bitcoin can be uh, can be usefully replaced, uh, replaced uh, replace another Bitcoin. Hence, non-fungible relates to items that cannot be replaced or that one-of-a-kind. In the crypto sphere, non-fungible tokens are unique digital entities on the blockchain often used to represent art and other collectible items. Multiple major tech companies have moved towards adopting NFTs on their platforms. Twitter now allows Ethereum NFTs to be used as profile pictures, and Facebook has confirmed that NFTs will be used on the platform in the near term. Yet, Google's recent filing makes no mention of such collectibles. Rather, non-punchable likely relates to the idea that there is only one planet, so it must not be spoiled. Should the term be associated with NFTs by outsiders, it could possibly prove bad PR. After all, NFTs and crypto have gotten a bad rap for contributing to environmental damage through the proof-of-work mining process. However, most NFT platforms today run on a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism, which is much less energy-intensive. Ethereum is scheduled to transition to this mechanism this year. I
0: really okay. Don't. That, that that kind of... Uh, how do I put it exactly? Um, not FUD. I guess it is exactly FUD. Fear and rest and doubt. Uh, that proof-of-work is bad if... Is it, it, it's misinformation, that's what it really is. Uh, if your electric car is charging in the state of Illinois or Ohio, it's most likely charging off of coal or natural gas. Probably more likely coal. Which means that you're probably running your electric car off of dirty energy. Now, if you're in California, only 30% is... Uh, what's it called, Uh, dirty energy effectively through uh, non-renewable sources. Most of California is renewable sources. So you're not running an electric car off of that. So if you're mining in California, you're most likely not mining off of non-renewable energy. So when people are just like, oh, it's so damaging to the environment. No, it's only damaging to the environment if you're doing it using coal or natural gas. If you're doing it through wind power or solar power or hydropower, it's renewable. If so it's renewable,
1: it should be more affordable, right? Well, times, yet, it's California, a question of
0: affordability. It's a question of damaging the environment.
1: Right, right. Using it I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, through renewable sources. Yes, then it's not damaging. And that's why I say uh, this I'm, is misinformation.
1: Right. I'm talking in regards to California electrical rates going up. It's crazy out here now, man. They're going up and up and up. I just saw on the Nextdoor app that somebody, uh, on average, would pay you know, like 150 a month, has not paid over $1,000 for their rent or for their electrical bill. Ouch. It's That's like, insane. What are they mining? Oh, no, P- yeah. yeah, PG&E, yeah,
0: PG&E is, is different. I'm, I'm not on PG&E. <laughs> in fact, Ouch. I'm not on PG&E even if I moved out of Roseville. Roseville has its own power where I live, but uh, all of Sacramento has its own power. And I'm not saying that the power is necessarily cheap in all of Sacramento, but they, they Sacramento is on entirely separate from PG&E. Mm -hmm. It's on what's called Sacramento Municipal Utility District, or SMUD. It's a terrible acronym, but (laughs) SMUD for short. Uh, Yeah, SMUD runs all of Sacramento and pretty much every city east of Sacramento, all the way up to Auburn and out to Folsom, which is where the power is produced. So, yeah, uh, I don't have a PG&E problem. In fact, I haven't had a PG&E problem for eight years because Santa Clara is not on PG&E either. That's where I used to live. So I recommend living in Santa Clara if you can. <laughs> so you can get away from the ridiculous prices, John. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's so funny to see because PG&E, which is a Pacific Gas and Electric company here in California, um, controls most of California, like 70% of it. But a lot of, of cities in California have decided to leave PG&E as of late because of the ridiculous prices and ridiculous brownout issues that PG&E is enforcing on people. Because PG&E is doing a terrible job of managing the power and charging. It. L- this is the irony is all the wildfire problems that P- that have been caused by PG&E, PG&E is forcing its own customers to pay. So their mistake is your bill. Yeah. I would recommend either, and I know you can't because you're renting, but convincing your, the guy who owns your pl- place to put solar and batteries. And that way he can, he can get away from being held to the standard of PG&E. So that's what my plan is. is if I ever had to live in PG&E, I would, I would spend the extra $30,000 to put solar panels and batteries in my garage. Solar panels on the roof and batteries in my garage, so I didn't have to depend on PG&E at all.
1: So to, to wrap up uh, this podcast, uh, I do want to just uh, insert the differences between proof-of-work and proof-of-stake because th- th- there's this big giant push in, in the past recent couple of years that uh, proof-of-stake is better than proof-of-work. I'm i going to go 180 on that, Like, no, uh, proof-of-work is always and will always be better than proof-of-stake. Uh, proof-of-work, in my opinion, gives the people, the key holders – the ability to decide what is going on with the blockchain. Now proof of stake, you elect key holders or people that hold a majority of the coin, which is normally the people that have the money that are, you know, the banks, corporations, institutions, governments. They're the ones that will be in charge of the proof of stake uh, mechanism, consensus mechanism. Proof of work, on the other hand, like Bitcoin will never do that. And the world decides what's going to happen with Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, it's even more universal and more. I mean, not to say that people <clears throat> like institutions and banks couldn't own Proof of Work hardware and and do that. They certainly could, or they could invest in something like BitFury or like what's the Canadian company that does the same thing. Um, you know, a mining, a giant mining operation, and then effectively control it um, indirectly, though. So it's still possible, but. Yeah, proof of work is still a better way since it's it's more I, distributed. And
1: in, in the early days, I would agree with you that proof of work Bitcoin in the early days, yes, you can manipulate it, but as of right now, the the system the 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 algorithm is so difficult to try to manipulate, try to mess with it. Mm, I don't see it. There's too many players in the game now.
0: Well, those places can, all, can still be consolidated, together. but yeah, it's it's a lot easier yeah. to do proof of stake manipulation than proof of work manipulation. So,
1: mm-hmm. correct.
0: So, yeah, with that, I I don't really have any anything further to say, and I kind of want to learn my way out of this wrap up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if you've been listening to the end of the show, we appreciate you listening, and if you would give us a like. If you're watching us on YouTube and or listening to us on Anchor or any other podcast methodology, we appreciate your interface. You can support us by giving us a like. You can also subscribe because we post every Wednesday and Sunday on uh, all platforms. Also, hit the notification bell on YouTube so you can get updates. You can check us out on Discord. Uh, You can also get us on Twitter. John and Cryptolyssa are all regularly. I'm on Twitter, too, but they're more active there. Uh, you can get us on Patreon uh, to support us there. You can also uh, support us by Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, BAT. There's a lot of bees and Raven. <laughs> do you want to do the outro for us,
1: uh, John? Sure. All right, cut the knots. Uh, until next time, stack sats and huddle. Adios.